You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. Ten, five, Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. Uh, Except on this Friday when you're hearing this. And then I will be the co-host of the G-Bag Nation from 2 to 7 p.m. just Friday on 105 through the fan of Dallas. He is also the pre and post game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network, where if you were a member of the Dallas Cowboys radio network on Thursday, you heard him give the post game breakdown of an absolute blowout from the Cowboys 45 to 10 over the Washington commanders, something Brian that uh, I think we thought was possible. Um, not necessarily likely um, you, you couldn't just completely sleep on Washington. Um, but man, this is something that that fourth quarter rolled around and it became an onslaught pretty quickly. Cowboys put up 25 points in the fourth quarter to really pull away. Uh, Dak Prescott, another great performance, 22 of 32, 331 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. Deron Bland with the record breaking pick six. A lot of headlines coming out of this one. Brian brought us uh, first happy Thanksgiving. And uh, what were uh, what were some of the the blinking lights for you coming out of this game? You know, Bobby, I was really um, concerned on a couple of levels. You're absolutely right. Felt like that the game could kind of go either way. And I mean, either way of Dallas continuing home dominance with their offense and the ability to turn the ball over on defense and to to put their team into uh, their offense in some good positions. Uh, or it could been a tight game, maybe some stops here and there. Dallas would sputter a little bit. Maybe the commanders would sputter. Maybe then somebody would find a little a little traction. For a while there, that kind of what it was, you know. Um, I think the difference in this game really came down to in the second half when you look at Dallas's defense and the ability to manage those fourth down 
chances that they had to face mm-hmm. in this game. You know, and I I just look at it and the first one that comes to mind was the one that in the second half where the commanders they they get a third and one they use a timeout and then they try to throw the ball to McLaren mm-hmm. incomplete and Gilmore in coverage. Nice play. Fourth and one, we're going for it here, you know? And then all of a sudden, it's the hand the ball to Robinson. Osa Odigizua comes blowing up the field. Great game for him today. Disruptive. Yeah, disruptive, you know, minus two. And then that point, you're kind of like going, okay, well, here's here's Dallas. You know, they're going to they have an opportunity here. I mean, I, I just felt like that, you know, even though the Cowboys, the next series didn't take advantage of it, I felt like those that four down right there, it wasn't it it, it kind of didn't allow the commanders to have any momentum mm-hmm. uh, and, and get things uh, going there. And I felt like this game potentially could be won or lost. Uh, with the Cowboys inside three uh, on the offensive line. When you look at Tyler Smith, when you look at uh, Biotish and Zach Martin, and having to deal with the inside presence of Deron Payne and Jonathan, uh, excuse me, Deron Payne and uh, Jonathan Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if they were allowed to be disruptive and control the game, then there could be a lot of problems for the Cowboys. But the Cowboys managed to navigate that. They got some stops. It was a tight game. And then all of a sudden, as you mentioned, just things started to kind of snowball in the wrong direction for the commanders. You know, this is a the the Cowboys had a a bit of a tough time in the third quarter. They don't score any points there. I believe that's just the second time all year that they've been held scoreless in the third quarter of a game. The other time, uh, I think, was the Chargers game uh, where where they didn't put up any points in the third quarter. But um, they they struggle in that third quarter. But Brian, how big was it uh, when Washington gets that touchdown? Uh, the Sam Howell scramble. And that puts them within striking distance at 14 to 10. And it it had been a, a, in terms of the ball control, had been absolutely dominated by the commanders at that point. Dallas had held the ball for about nine minutes of the entire first half. Um, And so Washington was essentially doubling you up. Cowboys get the ball back at the 25, and they just march down the field really quickly. Uh, Tony Pollard gets the seven-yard touchdown run. That puts them up 20 to 10. Washington really doesn't have time to do anything to close the half. Dallas gets the ball coming out of the second half. How big do you think that drive was to being the catalyst for, you know, putting this game away? Like, like, like if the Cowboys are unable to respond there and they go three and out and they have to punt, does this game feel any different? Do you think? Yeah, it it very well could be. I was hopeful that they were going to take advantage of the, what we like to call the middle eight where you, get the ball and you score at the end of the first half and then you get the ball to start the second half. And so, you know, to see if they could, you know, take advantage of that. And and it didn't work out on the, the second in the second half. I I still I, I know that was a huge series, but I, I just felt like that 
there was the commanders, I felt like had some momentum, you know, and then all of a sudden they get those stops, you know, I mean, it, it just kind of was, it was like, okay, we can, we can do this. We, you know, we can, we can, we can, you know, we have to get a stop. We can get a stop here. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't know, you know, I, I, I wasn't completely sure. I thought, I thought the commanders myself, Bobby, I, and I don't know how you felt. I felt like the commanders had a really good game plan for this thing. Yeah. You know, I felt like it, 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 it didn't now. They, they, look, how, look, they were efficient on third down. They, they, yeah. you know, they were good on third down. They controlled the clock. Honestly, if it, it we, we get the pick six from Deron Bland, but you and I were talking about it in the press box a little bit. They were picking on Deron Bland a little bit early. That's, they were that's going when, at him. Yeah, when Deron Bland ends up with 10 tackles. It's not a good thing, usually. That's not really a great thing for a corner. You know, if you get a corner that goes, gets in a game, and all of a sudden he ends up with eight, nine, ten tackles, mm-hmm. it, 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 you know, not all of it is playing force on run defense. You know, yeah. there's a lot of. It's not, it's not all catch. Antoine Winfield Sr. out there. No, it's, it's catch, it's rally, it's tackle for a gain of five. It's catch, rally, it's a gain of seven. Which if I, if I were to guess, I think I feel like he was the closest guy in coverage on probably eight or nine catches today. Like, like they, yeah. they were, and look, he didn't get gashed by any means, but you know, I showed you another play where they threw the, the double ball, move. They threw the, the double ball move. To, yeah. yeah. I think it was, they threw it to McLaurin or it may have been, they threw yeah. Samuel and McLaurin is the one who double moved him and had and beat bland. Um, and so there, there was a, a little bit of picking on him today. So I think you're, you're right. Washington did have a, a nice approach, a, a good game plan. Credit to them for, for coming up with a game plan that was going to, you know, make them competitive. And like we just talked about, it was 14 10. If you go three and out right before the half, that this may feel like a different football game. Yeah. I, I just, uh, to me, I was, uh, I was feeling like that, like I said earlier, this thing could go either way. Dallas could home dominance. Or it could be, and and I predicted the game on several platforms. I thought it was going to be a 27-24 type of a game. Now, I, I felt like that, and give, uh, you know, I know this is a Dallas Cowboys podcast. I'm going to give Sam Howell some credit because it, maybe there he's could tough. have been eight sacks. Yeah, you know, the tough. way that he, the way that he was, the way he was moving around in the pocket and, you know, the Cowboys were trying to chase him down a couple of different times. And, um, you know, I... I just I never quite understand short yardage play calling. I just don't understand fourth and one passing. Any I don't you know I don't. There's a lot of things I don't get. And but you'll say, well, hell, Brian, the play you talked about, they handed the ball to uh, Robinson and he got stuffed. You know, I mean, okay, I, I guess I could live with that. But there was several times there where I felt like that. Uh, that the commanders, you know, had an opportunity, but Dallas was good enough not to allow it to materialize to any more than what they got today. Here's what's uh, kind of a fascinating note coming out of this game. Um, and then look, there's there there's no pessimism or anything that you can sprinkle on this game other than the the Cowboys were dominant and the Cowboys took care of business, especially in that fourth quarter. So this is it. This is not nitpicking by any sense. I'm just looking through the stat sheet, and it's interesting to yeah. me, Brian. The commanders had five plays, five pass plays of 15 yards or more on third down today. 
Yeah. Which is, I mean, that's you're you're in third and seven, third and ten situations. You wouldn't think that you're going to be susceptible to a lot of 15 yard passes, but giving up five in there. Credit to look, look, this is a volume passing team. Eric Bieniemy loves to throw the ball with this football team. And, you know, we talked about it during the pregame show that maybe this is a day where they try to run it a little bit. They didn't at times. They just didn't run it very effectively. The Cowboys did a good job and and the commanders just struggled to get things going in the ground game. So you had to lean on yeah. Sam Howell. Last week, you mentioned the the chunk plays. The chunk plays came in the form of running the football mm-hmm. last week against Carolina. This week, the chunk plays came in the form of throwing the football. You know, it, it was nothing that, that killed them, but I, I just felt like that I just felt like that the, the Cowboys were on their heels at times. But when they absolutely had to make a play, they found a way to make that work. And so you got to give them credit for for playing that way. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast, the Love of the Stars and Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, um, Dak Prescott had another really impressive game today. Uh, this is a... Really impressive six-week stretch for him, really. Um, Over the last six weeks, which are the games following the San Francisco game, and I know San Francisco is what's going to matter to people. That's what mattered to this football team, so I understand that. Um, But in those six weeks since, when CeeDee Lamb really spoke up and Dak Prescott seemed to start, you know... uh, throwing the ball in the middle of the field again. Um, Some of these deep crossers looked like they were coming back a little bit. He gained a ton of confidence in those seam throws, and he continues to throw those consistently. Uh, Since that time, he's been one of the best players in football. Uh, Six-game stretch here, Brian. 18 touchdowns, two interceptions, 70% completions, nine yards per attempt. It's really difficult to stop this passing attack right now. Um, they, they seem it to is. have really found their rhythm. It is, Bobby. And um, I I know there's a lot of passes in this game you could kind of point to and say, wow, what a great pass. What a, you know, I think the pass that he threw on the two-point play to, uh, to Lamb, Lamb mm-hmm. was one of those that, in plays like that in the past, we've seen that thing potentially get intercepted. You know, we've seen linebackers or safeties or somebody, you know, it, very reminiscent of of Green Bay, you know, where you throw the ball in the middle of the field and, and it, you know, he didn't see a guy and it's picked off. Or the pick against the, Arizona in the fourth quarter. Pick, exactly. It was, I mean, the, same situation in the end zone. Same situation. But I'm, I'm going to tell you what. That was a confident throw that he made on that two point play. I mean, that was a, that was, it had purpose. It had direction. It needed to be in a certain spot and it absolutely got there. And I, I think that's the way that you mentioned the last five or six weeks. I think that's how Dak Prescott's been playing. I think he's playing with a lot of confidence. I think his receivers are, or understanding and they're and they're they understand that like okay the route's going to ca- call you to to be a, totally across the back of that in line and you got to keep running and I'm you know here here it comes kind of a thing or you know the the, the their combinations of routes I feel like have been really 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 good the the, the route that um, that that Cooks caught for the touchdown mm-hmm. that was one of those routes I talked about earlier in the year. 
and I can't wait to watch the all 22 about it. But it looked like to me it was one of those line up to the right and then run the route completely to the left side of the field. And then we'll move the pocket and throw the ball back to where you are. And and it's I, I call it the unlucky route at times because either there's coverage there or something happens, Dak gets pressure, it has to but hooks, they finally ran one where he went deep over mm-hmm. and it worked out for a touchdown. And that's that's kind of what you've been seeing early in the season. That route was covered or Prescott couldn't get the ball to Cooks. This game, they go back to it, and but that just kind of shows you where they're at right now in an offense. Maybe stuff that wasn't working in week two, week three, week four, whatever, is now working in week 10 and 11. You very, know? very quietly, Brian. We, we had all those questions about uh, Brandon Cooks and everything else. This is three yeah. straight games Brandon Cooks has led the team in receiving yards. And yeah. so, uh, you know, it seems like as much as Mike McCarthy wanted to say, I, I don't play fantasy football, I don't worry about it. It does seem like there became a little bit more of a, a an extra push of like, yeah, guys, we, we got to make sure that that this dude's part of the offense. And I, yeah, it's coming at a good time for for I mean, everything that's going on with, you know, they will say he's fine. And I'm not saying that he's super hobbled or anything else. He Lamb Lamb is banged up yeah. right now. Yeah. You yeah. you and I watched him walk very slowly down the field after it looked like he had kind of, you know, gotten up, grimaced a little bit. We we recklessly speculated about his grimace after Carolina. And then I said, did, did it look to you like maybe there was an issue with the ankle? And then sure enough, what does he do? He pops up on the injury report that Monday with an ankle. And so yeah. I, I think he's he's clearly he's banged up. I don't think it's anything that's going to super limit him, but he's he's probably not a hundred percent right now. So to have Cook step up in these three games here is just a a very big deal for them. And do you think that speaks more to what Cooks is doing right now, Brian, or do you think that just speaks to where Dak is at as a passer and that he feels comfortable for like, all right, well, if CDs, you know, if he's not feeling great or he's not getting the same type of wins in his routes right now because maybe he doesn't have that same fluidity in his ankle or whatever else um i'm gonna be able to find it with brandon cooks or 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 whatever so do you think it's just a you know the i know you had said a lot of it about the luck factor do you think it's just luck is kind of turning the tide a little bit well i think that you know luck plays a part of it but you know cooks is a super talented receiver uh you know he's explosive i think he's the best route runner on the team i i just better than cd really I do. I do. I I feel like when you start to talk about how his Brandon Cooks has always been able to threaten the cushion of a defensive back to drive him back and then break inside or break outside. Mm -hmm. I I, I just the, the explosiveness. I think where Lamb terrifies defensive players is on the move across, whereas Cooks is more of a more vertical. I think Lamb is more horizontal. 
Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. When it oh, comes Lam, to- yeah, Lam, Lam sold a, a pretty route to the to the inside and then yeah. broke outside for his touchdown. Yeah. Got a lot of separation on that one today. Yeah, absolutely. And so to me, I, I kind of feel like that, you know, that's the things that that Cooks is doing um, is n- now it's like they watch the tape and it's a lot of it was geared towards Lamb, and rightfully so. Lamb is playing a tremendously high level, mm-hmm. but Cooks has been open throughout the throughout the year, and now it stacks like, wait a minute, I could throw it to this number three, and he's going to make a play. Was the third? Was it third down? Big third down? Would he get twenty five yards mm-hmm. on the play? You know, I mean, that's. That's the kind of stuff, you know, when you need a big play, Brandon Cooks is a big play guy. Cook uh, CD is a is a big play guy. But it's nice when and I, I do, I think I think CD, I think he got banged up on that 10 yard shallow cross he ran against Carolina last week. Yeah. You know, I think that I think, you know, he avoided the line. That was the play we talked about that he was yeah, that was he, the one where Turpin got hit late and he looked right. really slow getting up. He got and Turpin like get, puts a knee in his back. Mm-hmm. You know, Turpin gets dumped and kind of falls on CD. But it looked like on the route he's coming across. He avoids the linebacker, and now he's trying to like keep his balance and then push forward. But I had something funny happen with his something his foot funny there. happened, yeah. right? And, right, and, right? And by the way, today when we saw him walk a little bit slowly, that came after he tried to cut on that ankle on a on a reverse or on a, a on a pitch in the backfield. Yeah. So. These are, you know, right now, especially short week, um, you know, it, it Jerry Jones had told us on 105 through the fan on Tuesday that the only thing that that had CD like even limited or on the injury report in that way was because it was a short week. He said if it was a week of normal rest, there wouldn't be any question about him or anything else. Uh, and and he looked good out there today. He he made a couple nice plays. He had the, the great two point conversion, the toe tap. He had the, you know, getting open and having the touchdown catch. So. Uh, but it does look like he's he's at least a little limited by that ankle right now. He's just not a hundred percent. I think so too. I, I 
think that that's just a reasonable spot to be in. Two guys who bounce back this week, Brian, before we uh, quickly, before we wrap up this podcast and uh, just weigh in on the Shaquille Leonard uh, situation and maybe backup plans if Leonard doesn't come through. Um, Tony Pollard, another good game today, running really tough. Uh, and then I'll tell you the guy that I was really impressed with, the the guy that first popped to me in this game today that I was like, oh, look, that's a guy making plays right now. It was Terrence Steele. Terrence Steele was yeah. was was moving guys in the run game. Uh, you know, when we get a chance to turn on the tape, I think we're going to be really happy with what we see there because live, it looked like he was getting movement. He was, you know, opening things up. He was sealing the edge. A lot of positive from Terrence Steele this week. And I think these last two weeks of Steele playing better, it's probably not a coincidence that it also is aligning with Pollard playing a little bit better as well. Yeah, I it it looked like to me when you watch Steele play, that that game against the Eagles was just horrific for him. And that's not the type of player he is. He mm-hmm. is a guy that's going to work extremely hard. He's not going to uh he's not gonna be one of those guys that like is gonna have like a bad game and then another bad game and another he he's that's not him. Um, you know, these guys that have had these injuries, uh these guys that are coming off knees and broken ankles and all the kinds of things that these guys have dealt with, you know, maybe maybe it is one of those things where you have to give them time. Because Pollard looks like a completely different player running the ball. The way that they attacked the perimeter in this game, you don't attack the perimeter with Tony Pollard in week two and week three, how he looked. That ball's not getting to the edge. It's just not. Mm -hmm. But you got guys like, you got these receivers that are blocking really well. I'm sure the All-22 will tell us that. Uh, Last week against Carolina, they did a really good job of of popping some runs. You know, when you get the ball to the perimeter, like I said, those guys are going to have to do some things. I think the tight ends, but you're right about Steele. And one of Steele's best traits is his ability to play in space. Mm -hmm. And they're starting to run plays where he's getting more involved in space. And you got Tyron Smith, who's got the fountain fountain of youth going on right now, you know, on the backside. And you know, Zach Martin, we talk to Zach Martin every every week on 105.3, the fan on our show. And, you know, he's he's had some struggles. and because, But his, his level is so high, his struggles are like a like a outstanding player, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah, if, if, he, you say, if, oh, if, if, if his if name he's was, struggling. If, if his yeah, name was Matt Farniak, we'd be like, Farniak is yeah. playing out of his mind. He should probably be yeah. in the Pro Bowl. But it's it's right. just it is below right. Zach Martin's standard this year. It is. And and he and he knows it in a way because he's every week he's having to deal with these these all pro defensive tackles. Yeah. And you know, in the last you know, a couple of weeks, they've kind of figured some things out with these guys. And, you know, Zach and, you know, he he's Zach Martin's not 24 years old anymore. You know, he's an older guy. And but I'll say this, though, they're running the ball much better. And I think the way that they're running the ball is better with the perimeter runs, the little flip runs, um, you know, those kinds of things where it takes advantage of the movement from Biotish, the movement from Tyler Smith, the movement from Tyron Smith, the movement from Terrence Steele. 
you know, they're taking advantage of those guys and allowing them to move. And I, I think it's really, really helping them in their in their you're, in their run block in their run blocking. You are listening to the Love the Star podcast. The Love the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, uh, really quickly here. Uh, the Cowboys obviously have found themselves in a uh, bit of a pinch at the linebacker position this year, uh, you know, with the injury to Leighton Vander Esch, uh, the injury to DeMarvion Overshown. They've had to have some of these safety hybrids step up, play a little bit more in the box. Uh, Marquis Bell had to leave the field for a little bit uh, during this game against the Commanders. Had you sweating a little bit, but it does sound like Brian. A little bit. (laughs) It does sound like the Cowboys have uh, real interest in Shaq Leonard, the recently released linebacker from the Indianapolis Colts, former all pro, maybe not quite all pro player anymore, um, but certainly still looks on tape, Brian, like a guy who could help this football team. I believe he absolutely can, Bobby. And I think this is why the Cowboys are going to kick the tires on him because when I watched him on tape, and I watched three games of him, uh, the game, the uh, you know, just going backwards, uh, they had the game where they played in Berlin mm-hmm. uh, against the Patriots, and he looked really good. What I was looking for is, is there a lack of movement? Is there a lack of agility? Is there something breaking down with the player? What was surprising to me was that he plays, they take him off the field in the nickel situations. Well, you know, according to people in Indianapolis, uh, people Chris Ballard, the GM, you know, uh, the the head coach there, uh, the owner. I mean, everybody's involved in these decisions, and they've got some players, some younger players that they wanted to see at the linebacker spot. And he he conveyed his message that he thought he needed to play more, and so his snap count went down. And you know, they're like, "No, we're going to play these younger guys." and He's like, fine. So, you know, I mean, there was a lot of of a lot of uh discourse there between him and the club. And, you know, they decide to move on. He clears waivers. You ask people around the league, is there an issue there? Uh they got everybody says, well, he still plays at a high level. Uh there is some concern about some medical things that he's dealing with. Um he's dealt with a back that, and a couple concussions. Yeah, and but he's also dealt with some nerve stuff too. You know, and when we think about nerve things, we think of uh, we think of Smith, the linebacker, Jalen Smith, that used to be here. I've been told not to that extent, but that's something that people know about. So uh, we'll see if. But the Cowboys, they're. They're they're in they're in this and they're going to recruit and they're going to see if they have enough money and you know you got to hope like hell that they do a better job of because I think Philadelphia is in it too mm-hmm. you know and you know Philadelphia is dealing with the injury in the Kobe Dean uh, you know so you know I think it's going to come down I think this thing's probably going to happen sooner than later. Uh, you've already played your game this week. The Eagles have got a game at you know, three three twenty five on Sunday against the Buffalo Bills. You know, can Dallas? You know, have they already started recruiting? As you know, Gilmore, Hooker, guys like that. Uh, you know, Gus Bradley was a guy I heard that really wasn't on board with this the move. Gus Bradley, when when Gilmore was traded, he told Gilmore that you're going to love playing for Dan Quinn. 
you are going to love playing. So maybe, maybe Gus Bradley, you know, would say the same thing. You know, hey, you know, let me tell you, I told Gilmore that going to Dallas is not a bad thing. So I think Dallas has got some closers that can that can get the deal done. Will the medical stuff check out? If it checks out, then I think that you know you're you're good to go. And can Adam Pacifica, Todd Williams, and Stephen Jones come up with a compensation package uh, to make uh, to make him feel good about you know the last uh, the last month, the last you know couple months of the season, you know that way. So a lot going on, but but they I I didn't hear a no. Usually when it's when it's uh, you know, it's something that they're not interested in. It's I'll get a firm no, but this one I I did not get that. I got a we're going to kick the tires on it. And he's somebody who, especially given the Cowboys linebacker depth, even if he's not at the level he once was, he's somebody who can help. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts this football team in, in an area that they Absolutely need they can. need help with yeah. a lot of times when you see them have issues with the runs it's, it's like a bad read or, or you know they, they're just not following their keys or whatever else and a guy like you know Shaquille Leonard is a guy that I almost called him Darius he still that that's an old habit that you know dies hard Brian even six years mm-hmm. later the name change mm-hmm. uh, Shaquille Leonard is a guy who you know, has seen a lot of football and is a higher IQ football player. And that's somebody who you would hope wouldn't have some of those issues with those those busts and just being in the right spot. That that a lot of times just feels like what they need on the run side is just they need their run fits to be better. They need to, you know, see it quicker and and read it more accurately. That that at times has been the issue with the running game. If they don't get Shaq Leonard, God forbid, because I don't think Cowboys fans would be very happy if they have to see up oh, you lose Shaquille Leonard and he's off to Philadelphia now if they do and they still need linebacker depth Brian can I throw another name at you but it's a familiar name oh no I I, the I don't, guy you tried I'm to not, throw dirt on last year I I know I threw a lot of dirt on uh is it Anthony Barr Anthony Barr was recently signed to the Vikings practice squad and uh, he was actually a practice squad elevation played in in the Vikings game last Sunday um, after they've been dealing with some injury issues at linebacker themselves. Uh, but he is on the practice squad. That is somebody who does understand the Cowboys defense has played within it. Uh, I wonder just myself, Brian, if the Cowboys do lose out on, on Darius Le- or Shaquille Leonard and they need to go get another linebacker, they need to go get another body it would seem that it would make some sense to say, well, let's go get a veteran who was also here last year. He's on a practice squad. He's in playing shape. Let's just go make this signing off the practice squad. Is he in playing shape? I mean, he played a game last Sunday. So, I mean, he's got to be in playing shape enough to do that. Listen, I'm apparently, by the way, I did did not see the game, but from what I read, uh, it sounded like he rushed a lot though on Sunday. It it didn't sound like he was playing a lot of traditional linebacker. That's kind of what he does, but I felt like that maybe there were times when he was on the field that he wasn't a help to Damone Clark. 
you know, where Leighton Vanderish was. And I felt like that maybe some of the some of his faults kind of hurt Damone Clark as well. So um I totally trust you and your sources. I really, really do. Do I like it? Absolutely not. To me, this is where I think the football gods threw you threw you one here. Try and find a way to make Shaq Leonard work for you. This could be a huge play for them going forward. The Cowboys have had they they're on a good, nice little run. They play really good defense. You got people that can recruit him. If you make the money work, you know, you can get a guy that can absolutely help you much, much more than what Anthony Barr could do. That does it for us here today on the Love of the Star podcast. Our little mini recap of the Commanders game and then a little bit of an update there on the Shaq Leonard situation. Uh, we will hopefully have some developments on that front, know something more in the coming days and, and can talk about that. Uh, tough stretch for the Cowboys coming up. They've got uh, the Seahawks followed by the Eagles, the Bills, the Dolphins, and then the Lions before they finish up the season uh, against the Commanders on the road. Uh, so a, a tough stretch here for the Cowboys. They got through this this you know cupcake schedule here that we had uh, looked at and said you got to go three and zero in there. You can't have any missteps there, and they did it. They took care of business. Uh, they closed it out with a forty five to ten victory over the Commanders. Uh, more discussion uh, on the fallout from that, previewing Seattle, and hopefully uh, some Shaq Leonard talk uh, in the coming days. Uh, but for Brian Broadus, I am Bobby Belt. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you guys again later.